Let me share with you some more on this series that we've been going through uh, on praying like a disciple. I have learned that I need to stand over here um, so that you can see. We are aware of the issue with the screen. We have the greatest minds in the church working on it to lift it up so people at the back can see. Um, so, um, yeah, the greatest minds are Natasha and Caleb working on it and trying to get a solution. Um, we've been learning how to go into the secret place and pray. I believe there's power in corporate prayer. There really is something we don't understand about coming together where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst. There's something powerful about coming together and praying. And uh, I listened to a, a message um, this week on the, the disciples gathered praying for Peter. They gathered in fervent prayer while he was in prison and um, waiting and hearing what God wanted uh, to bring them to pray. And I, I believe in corporate prayer and we meet twice, once every week we meet, we gather together to pray. Every other week at Diane's, which in Diane's house on a Monday and then for those available during the day, we meet on a Friday to come together to pray. But I also believe there is power in secret prayer. That is prayer on my, in my own, developing my own relationship with the Father, just as Jesus did. Just as Jesus did. And, um, and what we've been trying to do in this year of, of seeing this year as a disciple's adventure, pursuing love, power and purity, uh, we've been trying to embed the sense of a disciple in the very centre of our Christianity, and that is our prayer life. There's nothing more central to your Christianity than your prayer life, is there? There are other things that are also central, all right? Reading the Bible, fellowship, worship, but prayer is, is so central to the Christian's life that without it, I'm not sure you can function because you can't develop in your walk with the Father. And we're trying to embed this, this notion that the Lord's Prayer, as it's traditionally called, the Lord's Prayer is not the best title for it. That's not what the disciples, that's not what the Gospel writers called it. That's what the people who make up the headings at the top of the paragraphs in our Bible decided to call it, or, or church decided to call it, the Lord's Prayer. Actually, it is the prayer of a disciple. It is what a disciple wants to pray. It's what a disciple wants to see. And Jesus encouraged us, and I'm encouraging you, to pray like a disciple. And so often we get frustrated in prayer because it doesn't work. Well, we need to be praying what God wants us to pray, and how God wants us to pray. And then maybe we'd see a bit more success in our, in our praying. And um, if you remember how we started, um, remember how we just kind of built the beginning of this prayer and embedded in it are these three foundation aspects of a disciple. This prayer sets the position of a disciple. He is Lord and I'm not. Yeah? He is Lord and I'm not. It sets a position of surrender. Um, it's not what I want. What I want is subordinate to what he wants. And it also sets a dependence. Everything I need comes from him. Everything I need comes from God. And, that, and this prayer, the heart of a disciple of, of, of positioning, of surrender and of dependence is kind of wrapped up in this amazing just few lines of prayer 
that we were never meant to just repeat verbatim like a, like a magic spell. If I just say this every day, then all will be well. We're supposed to engage with the words, with the content, and use it as a way of developing our relationship with the Father, but also seeing that the primary thing is that his name um, is hallowed. I'm a bit noisy here. I think the opening of this prayer is really important. The first two, two um, uh, lines, or whatever you want to say, are really important. Our Father. Our Father sets the terms of access. One of the miracles of the cross. Thank God for the cross. I've been thinking about this recently. All the benefits of the cross, our healing, our prosperity, our peace, everything we get. But amazing, amazing. But for me, the central core of the cross is that Christ came to redeem children back to a father. Yeah. It's adoption. It's adoption. Jesus spent his whole life saying, my father this, my father that, my father. The miracle today is that we can say our father. Yes. You can say he's my father. He's my father. And that gives me access. This is how I approach God. God is many things. He's creator. He's Lord. He's, he's judge. He's everything. But Jesus specifically said, when you go to pray to him, pray to him, approach him like this, my father. He's my father. Doesn't that change the way you go and approach somebody? Doesn't it? Change the way you approach them. I saw a great tweet the other day. I'm into tweets. And uh, I don't send them out, but I read them. He says, only a child's it's only a child that can burst into the bedroom of a king at three in the morning and ask for a cup of water. It's only a child that can do that. Because there's a sense of, he's going, I'm just going to my dad. You may think he's a king to you, he's a king to me, but you go into a dad, and I can do it. I don't have all the paraphernalia around my thinking. This, this, who, this is who my dad is. He may be the king, but he's also my father. And it gives us the, the, the access and the other thing, the second line I think is really important. Is it me or you, Christine? What do you reckon? Can you do it from there? Yeah. I'll point, I'll just say go. Hallowed be your name. It gives us purpose. It gives us purpose. Why do we pray? Well, we pray to get answers. I pray to get what I want. The heart of a disciple in prayer and life is this. Hallowed be your name. I live for this. A disciple lives to hallow, that's to honour, to treasure, to value, to, to, to raise higher the name of the Father. That's what we do. And that is why we pray. That's why we develop a relationship through prayer, because we're saying, hallowed be your name. And that's our life. That's the life of a disciple. Everything in my life, and therefore in my prayer life, has this central purpose to lift up the name of the Father, to praise the name of Jesus. Your kingdom come so that your name may be hallowed. Your will be done so that his name is hallowed. Give me this day my daily bread so that your name may be hallowed. Can you press it again? There you go. So everything points for me. Everything points to that. This is how Jesus lived his life. I'm here to do the will of the Father. Yeah? I'm here to lift up the name of the Father. It all points back to that sense. It's disappeared, but it's still there, and it's coming again. If you keep pressing, Christine, it'll come. Everything points to that. And we started with this uh, focus. If you press again, Christine, there you go. 
We started with the focus on the top half of the... <laughs> We're running ahead. Oh, I can't keep up, Christine. Um, we started with this focus, which sets the position of surrender, which is all about God, not about me. And we talked about when we come into the presence of God, um, it's not about me to begin with. It's about the Father. It's about Jesus. So when I come in, I, th- I would just talk about how I use this model. So I say, I can, our Father, you're my Father. And I just, just rejoice in that. He's my Father. Hallowed be your name. You can't pray properly without worshipping, I believe. Yeah. Worship is central to prayer. If you've got 20 minutes, I'd be happy you spend 10 minutes praising him. Because yeah. in the praise, you're building something that he inhabits. Amen. I knew and I just, it came to me, and I know it's not revelation, but that's why praise and worship is so important. Because if we want to see his kingdom come, that's heaven being, that's the, all the greatness that will be in the kingdom at the end. We're bringing it into today, aren't we? That's what I want to see in Victor, isn't it? When we, when we get to the end, there'll be no cancer. There's no cancer in heaven, right? So what we're doing, we're crying out, bring that to thee. We want that, your kingdom to come here and now. It's the presence of Jesus. So that when Jesus went into a room where dead people were, the dead people had to get up again. Because life is in Jesus. And when we praise and worship, it's like, and, and, and talking to about it, it's like we build this, we make this building that Jesus walks into in habits. And in that, we believe as the power and presence of God is here, the kingdom comes. Sicknesses leave. People are born again. Depression disappears. I want that day in here, in this room, and wherever we are, where the kingdom of darkness cannot stand. Uh, but we, we pray in your kingdom come. It's what you want. So I, I worship, I give thanks, and I say, God, your kingdom come. Where do I see areas in, in, in my life where your kingdom isn't reigning? And Jane, you remember, did that table, that amazing table on what the kingdom of heaven is like and what the kingdom of darkness is like. And we're praying to push back the darkness. I don't believe we're just praying, Jesus, come back soon. Some people take it that way. It's all about, you know, we want to get to the end right now. Save us out. No, I don't believe that. I think it's about bringing Jesus. So when he walks around, the kingdom of heaven is near you. He said to the disciples, when you go into the house, put your peace on the house, heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of heaven is here. Ah. I think it's quite good. I then pray your will be done. For me, I use that as my place where I begin to pray the will of God in people's lives. When you read the Paul, when you see Paul talking about the will of God, he's often talking about people. So I begin to pray for my kids. I pray the name that God has given them, we've given them, which means all things to God. Amen. I pray it over them. Yeah, I've yeah. been through it before. I won't keep doing it because I embarrass my kids sometimes. But I pray it. Pray it over them. Your will be done in Dan, Joe and yes, Becca. Your will be done in Hazel. Your will be done in people in the church. Because we don't want people to go up cul-de-sacs of rubbish, do we? People go up and get snared by the world into thinking all I need is in the world. Why should people do that when there's a kingdom purpose for people? Your will be done. Hallelujah. So I use that. That's how I use it. And that's the your version. And that's why I say that this prayer, it sets the position because we're praying for his things first before I come to my things. 
So often we use prayer. We don't really pray much until we've got a problem. How many people have lived like that before? I don't really pray. And then suddenly, because I'm okay, I can manage everything, because actually it's me-centred. Everything's okay in my world, so I don't really need to pray that often, other than a quick prayer every now and then. But then when something goes wrong, oh, Jesus, I need you right now. And that's okay, that's not, that's not wrong. But, the, but when we're praying like a disciple, we've always got need to go into the presence of God because we're praying for his things to be done before mine. Does that make sense? Yes. So we come after the first half, we come to... Um, uh, you can go on, please, Christine, one more. Um, this give us our daily bread. We come to the us portion of the prayer. It's where this focus shifts uh, to me and to what I believe I need to see uh, in my life. Will it move or not? There you go. Thank you very much. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. What are we praying for when we come to this? What do I use this for? What do I pray when I use this as a model, as an, as an outline? Uh, there's demons in the, in the projector today. We need to... Cast them out in Jesus' name. Bound up in the hallowing of his name is my dependence on him for the resources I need to live. I live in a world that will always seek to rob me of my inheritance in God. I live in a world that will seek to drain me of resources. I need heaven's resources. I need heaven's resources in my life and I need them every day. Okay? I need them every day. It's not about how strong I feel. It's not about how much strength I have. It's not about how much money I have. But I depend on God for what I need to get through today. I believe in prosperity. I believe in prosperity. Definition I learned on a course I did. Definition of prosperity is choices. I have resources with which to make choices. Poverty, don't, poverty, when you're in poverty, you don't have any choice. Yeah. You have to do what's in front of you. You have to survive or whatever. I believe in prosperity. Am I saying that all of us should be rich? No. Am I saying we should all drive fancy cars and have planes? Not at all. That kind of thinking is when you've got this prayer the wrong way around, I think, when the me, maybe, comes before the him. And I see daily bread as God giving me things for me. But it's all connected to hallowed be your name. And I think, um, I think we want God to give us prosperity so that we have the resources that we need to live as a disciple that honours the name of the Father. Does that make sense? Poverty speaks of a lack of resources to fulfil our responsibilities. God wants us full. Can we go one more forward? He says, give us today our daily bread. Give us today. This is why this is a prayer you can use every day. Give us today. I need resources today. And I think that we get forward into thinking, as I say, especially in our Western culture, I've got everything I need. You know what? If, I'm, if, I, if I need money, I can borrow it. If, I need a, if I'm sick, I can get a tablet. If I'm... Everything I need. I'm not against any of those things. They're important. 
but we can be fooled in thinking we don't need God, but actually we need him every day. And this great verse, this is the, perhaps the greatest sermon ever preached, even better than this one, was a sermon on the mount. Mount of Olives, when Jesus opened his discourse by saying this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There is a poverty that is good. There is a poorness that is good. And it's in our spirit that says, God, I always need you every day. If I get to the stage in my life when I don't think I need God's input into my life today, I'm in big trouble. I will be picked off. I'm putting myself outside of the will of God, right? And I will be picked off by the world. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Shall I sing? No. <laughs> come bless me now, my Saviour. I come to you. You know, we need him. Jesus put this in there for a reason. He put it in there because he knew that we're going to be walking through the world and we're going to be bombarded by images, by sounds, by all kinds of distractions that make us think, you know, if only I get my career, if only I get this, if only I get that. And those things are valuable and important. But it makes us think we don't need anything else. We don't have to come to God. I need you, God. I need you for my kids. I need you for my work. I need you for every part of my life. I need your resources because my strength will fail me. There's a beautiful scripture in Isaiah 50, really famous, but it's a, it's a prophetic scripture speaking about Jesus. And uh, it's Isaiah 50 verse 4, um, which will come eventually, I'm, I'm sure it will. Isaiah 54, it says this, The Sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. Jesus spent time with the Father every day because he was saying, God, I need resources to give out to other people. I need daily bread to give out to other people. How many of us, when we get up in the morning, how many of us pray and say, God, give me a word today for somebody that I'm going to meet. Give me something that I can give away to somebody to bless them. I'm not just going about my day, just, you know, doing whatever. Give me something. Jesus knew, needed resources. And every morning, it's amazing to think, this is Jesus, every morning he, he heard from God. He went to, to be with his father and his father gave him what he needed. And I think that's a beautiful picture. And Jesus was never short of a word for somebody, was he? Never short of the resources to meet the needs of those around him, never short of resources to, to meet his own needs because every day he got his daily bread. And I would encourage you, go to him every day. And this is part of the dependence. I'm dependent on you. Despite what I think I have, despite how together I think I am. What is bread? I love bread. Bread is my problem. You can keep your desserts, you can keep your fruit. Just give me another sandwich. God bless, what's his name? Lord Sandwich. Earl Sandwich, who invented the sandwich. I love bread. It's fresh bread. Fresh bread. 
We're going on a holiday to Italy with Elliot, and Elliot's going to make fresh bread every day. He doesn't know that yet, but he's going to make fresh <laughs> bread. That smell of fresh bread, you know, and the butter, and oh, I need to stop. Anyway, okay. Um, I think, for me, bread speaks of two vital things, two things in Scripture generally. One is vital, the other is vitally vital. One is vital, the other um, is, for me, is vitally vital. One of those things, one of the bread that we need every day is Jesus himself. His, word, his voice, his presence, we need him every day. Every day. When Satan tempted Jesus with the bread that is food, because he knew Jesus would be hungry, again, this might come up here now, Christian, if it will move, Jesus made plain what our greatest need is. Man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mind of God, from the mouth of God. We need God's word every day. That's why when we come to pray, we come with our Bibles open. Give me your word. I need you. I need you, Jesus. I need your presence. I need your word. I need to hear what you're speaking because I can't live. Man, every person, I believe not just, this is just Christians for me, Every human being created in the image of God needs Jesus as well as food. It doesn't just come up, become a Christian and now I need Jesus. We kind of do, but everybody does. We're designed to live on the word of God. So why do we, so why do we as Christians just push this out to the margins? Like, you know, I just get on with my day and I'll fit God in when I can. That's not the way he's intended, intended this disciple's prayer to be used. Uh, next one, Christine. Je- Jesus said himself in John 6.35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. There is a part of us that only Jesus can satisfy. Yes? yes? It's a part of us that only Jesus can satisfy. And if we think we are satisfied without him, then I believe we are deceived. We're deceived. We need that every day. So when Jesus said to us, come and, as I said, pray, give us this day our daily bread. Is he talking about his word? Is he talking about um, physical bread? You know what? I'm not sure, but I ask for both. When I come into my prayer time, I say, God, give me your word. Give me your presence. I'm going to read your word. I've read your word this morning. Give me in my heart. What is it you want to say to me? Give me your presence today. Give me a walk alongside me. Don't let me be without you in any thought, in any mind, in any action. The other inference of bread, I would say, is the basic needs of life. The basic needs of life. It's the staples of life. We need bread to live, the basics to function and thrive and fulfill our purpose. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone. In other words, you need bread. Hallelujah. You need bread. Fresh, multi-seed, granary, bread. <laughs> With, but anyway, yeah. So we need, we need that. We need the staples of life. We cannot live on spiritual air. We need the things of this. We need the things that our bodies require. Some of us are so fixated on spiritual things, we kind of forget that we need the things of this earth. We need bread. We need clothes. We need enjoyment. We need laughter, don't we? We need, we need rest and relaxation. 
We need the things that feed our bodies as well as feed our, our spirits. So I use this part of my prayer as a cry of dependence on God. I'm setting my dependence. God, I know, I thank God I get paid every month. I thank you for that. I thank you, God, that, that, but I'm not dependent on that. I'm dependent on you. Dependent on you. I know I have family around me that love me, and I thank God for that, but I'm dependent on you to know who I am. My identity is in you. I'm dependent on you for all that I have, because it all belongs to you and it all comes from you. And I need you to be with me and to supply the needs in my life. Matthew, uh, this, this is quite long, but we'll read it. We know this well. This is after the Lord's Prayer. Jesus is teaching, still teaching on the prayer, on prayer and the kingdom. And he says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Some people need to hear that. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendour was dressed like one of these. It goes on again, Christine, thank you. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, how will he, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? <laughs> or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself each day. Uh, Each day has troubles enough of its own. Makes me laugh. Do not worry. What should we eat? What should we drink? It's a standard thing that, hey, we're going on holiday. I'm always looking for a coffee shop. I'm always looking for where are we going to have lunch and Hazel's complaint is we spend all our holidays trying to find somewhere to have lunch and we're kind of spying things out. Um, Anyway. These are the basics of life. All comes from God. All comes from him. And material things become a problem when we we stop thinking that they come from him. Because we think they're ours. Do you see what I mean? Never apologise for God's blessing in your life. You mustn't apologise. Because that's to dishonour what he has done. That doesn't mean that I only ever find joy and peace with God when I have everything I need. Paul said, didn't he? I've learned to be content in, in when I've got lots and when I haven't. And if you've got lots, I think if you can trust God when you've got lots... You can trust God any time. That's often harder, isn't it? Trusting God when you've got everything you need. We are more than birds and flowers. Not only in value, but I think in the type of relationship we have with God. We are children relating to a father. And we are called into partnership with him. We're not to chase after these things. But we are to go to God to say, God, I depend on you for all of them. I depend on you. Give me what I need. Give the resources I need. And he gives us everything we need. 
He's a good father. He gives us everything we need. I think it's interesting that he tells us not to worry. He doesn't tell us not to ask. He tells us not to worry. But we can ask. Some people approach God like they're approaching the bank manager for a loan. Is he going to say yes or no? Is he going to say yes? I need this money. Is he going to, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. We approach God like that. Is he going to provide my needs? Oh, I don't know. Of course he's going to provide your needs. He's a father. He's a father. So when we go to ask him, we already said it a few weeks ago, remember the beginning of the prayer, he said, stop babbling like pagans. When you pray, some of us should take that on board when we pray. Stop babbling like pagans when you pray because your father knows what you need even before you ask him. So he wants us to ask him. He wants, us to, be, he wants to be involved in those things day by day as we come say, God, I need this. You know I need it and I'm not going to worry about it but God, I come to you because you're the one I depend on and I ask you for my daily bread in these areas. Why does God ask us to... Why did Jesus ask us to ask things that we already know we're going to get? It's weird, isn't it? There's a mystery about prayer that I don't fully understand. But I believe part of it is to do with developing a continuing, continuing dependence on God. I depend on you for everything. Maybe it's knowing that what comes from God will always be what we need. Whereas often we'll get things from other sources that we don't really need and aren't going to do us any good. You can be too blessed if you haven't got the, the character to, con to contain it. Do you understand what I mean? You give a million pounds to some people and it will ruin them. God knows what you can hold. So we go to God and say, God, give me what I need. And don't let me be drawn away to other things. He asks us to ask him every day for bread. He asks us to ask him for resources to enjoy life, to live life, to function in this world as God wants us to function. You are to ask and not worry because God will give us just what we need. But at the end, just to sum up, um, I think it's the next one, Christine. I think Jesus points us back to the disciples' prayer. And he says, see, all these things we, we not to worry about, all these things that, are, that, that we need, he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. He's summing up the disciples' prayer. Do you remember what I said? Go after me first. Go after what I want first. And then all these things will be added unto you. There is a connection between going after God's and what he wants and being in a position not to worry about what I need. You understand? I don't think those verses about not worrying gives us license. We can live how we like. We can do whatever we want because we know God's going to there, be there to write the check to get me out of trouble. Seek first his kingdom. That's what the prayer does. That's what the disciples' prayer does. It seeks first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then we know that all these other things will be added unto us. Jesus sums up, really, what I'm trying to teach you today and in this series. He points us back to the structure of the prayer. The prayer puts his kingdom first. 
our praying should put his kingdom first. Remember, I'm not talking about strict rules. There are times when life is so pressing that, you know, we get straight to the thing. And maybe this week about Victor, you've been that way. You know, you, you praise God, but you want to get, oh God, we want to see this happen. And your structure goes out the window. I understand that. But we're embedding in our life this sense, it's you first. It's you first. And I know when you put God first, everything else is, res- is resolved. Yeah? Everything else is resolved. Everything else. And that's why we don't have to worry about all these other things. God has everything you need every day this week. God has everything you need every day this week. Wisdom, power, direction, love, finance, energy, everything you need is found in the Father. Amen? Ask him. What do you need? You wake up this one day on Monday, you've got an issue at work, you don't know how to resolve. Our mind says, that's my job, yesterday was church. Isn't it? As our mind says that. You know what, God has got solutions to give you for your workplace, because he wants your kingdom to come in your workplace. Yes. You guys doing exams and you wake up thinking, I don't know what to do, God, how do I do this? Ask him, give me this day my daily bread. Show me. I'm putting you first so I can do this and not worry about it because I know you've got resources for me. You've got some problems with your kids. You don't know how to handle them. God, give me my daily bread. I need your word. I need your resources. I need the kingdom's answer for this situation. Do you know you can do that? And he'll speak to you. He'll speak to you because he loves you and because he wants to engage with you as a father, as a good father. Amen? Amen. We depend on him. So when I pray, when I have a time, a set time to pray, I come in to his presence thanking him, he's my father. Worshipping him, honouring his name, blessing him for who he is and for all that his name means to me. I pray, God, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come, oh Victor. Let your kingdom come in Jane in Eric, in Clive and Rita. Let your kingdom come on Northampton. Break the power of the gangs in our, na- in our town. Let the government, let our council know the wisdom of heaven so there can be prosperity in our town. Your kingdom come. Drive back injustice. Drive back poverty. All those things that are not of your kingdom. God, would you do it in my, in my life and in my world? And then I, then I say, your will be done. Your will be done in Hazel. Your will be done in Becca. Your will be done in Living Grace Church. Your will be done in my life. I want your purpose for me and for my family and for my friends. It's all about him. And then I say, God, today, I need patience. I need love. I need direction. I need to pay off that loan. I need a repair on my car. I need this. I need that. Give me my daily bread. Because I want to live a life that hallows your name. And as you supply what I need, you're going to get all the glory. Because it's all come from him. Amen. Yeah? And I have stories to tell of the goodness of God. Yes, Lord. Stories to tell of the goodness of God. Amen. And I could tell you some right now. Just seeing God's goodness flow. 
It's amazing, really. When we honour him and put his kingdom first, he blesses us. Why does he bless us? So that his name may be hallowed. Because it all points back to that central thing. Amen. The disciples' prayer is a tool to develop your relationship with the Father. Use it. Use it. Use it for his glory. And just one other thing I just really felt, just to say before I finish. You know, did I say it or not? We had to ask God. You can't ask God. You can't go to the daily bread for things that he's given you the responsibility for. I think sometimes we use, people can use these kind of things to say, I just sit back here and God just gives me everything. You know, I never did that. I try not to do that with my kids. That's not being a good father, is it? Right? And if you keep going to God to say, God, I need more money. I need more money. If I was a good father, I'd say, what happened with the last lot you had? Sometimes the answer isn't to go to God and ask for more. Sometimes the answer, you know what, I've given, God will say, I've given you responsibility to do certain things. Maybe it's down to you to get more work, to work a bit harder. I don't know. Sometimes you don't have these options, I understand. But you just dropped in my head and I'm sharing it with you. I just want to say, sometimes we're praying for things from God that are not his responsibility because he's given us the responsibility to do it. Do you understand what I mean? Does that make sense? Otherwise, God can turn, easily turn into like a check writer. I need this. I need that. I need this. We are to partner with God. We're not spoiled, you know, rich. Oh, wait, no, I'm being rich. But you understand what I'm saying? That might have been a little bit muddled, but I just felt that in my heart this morning. You know, we, you can, there's certain theology that turns us into this passive kind of everything's done and I don't have to do anything anymore because I've got a rich daddy. I don't think that's right. There are certain things he's given me responsibility for. I can ask God to help me for strength to, to carry on those responsibilities, but I can't just keep going back to God as if he'll just say, yeah, here's more, here's more, here's more. Because often that means it's not pointing back to the hallowing of his name. It's pointing back to me and what I want. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? Yeah. If that didn't make sense, come and speak to me. And then we'll not make sense of it together. <laughs> Let's stand, shall we? I really want to change our whole perception on prayer. I don't pray to get what I want. I don't pray to get what I want. I would say I pray to honour the name of God because I want to honour the name of God and I pray to develop me, my relationship with God. And I pray because I want to see him glorified. That's my heart as a disciple. And that cuts off his whole thing like I'll just pray when I need something. That's not, that's not what God, because that's not why Jesus gave us this prayer. Otherwise, he would have started it with, our Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. 
We always want his kingdom to come. We always want his will to be done. And we're going to him to develop a relationship with him where we partner with him to see his will being done. Do you understand? Do you see what I mean? It's not, about, it's not just about, it's some magic spell. It's another alternative system that the world hasn't got for us to get what we want. It's about you and I engaging with the Father, the presence of God, listening to him, hearing from him, and becoming disciples who see his will being done. And this week, I want to say to you, whatever you need, whatever you need, it's there in the Father. It's there in the Father. Whether it's a word, whether it's spiritual resources, his divine power has given me everything I need for life and godliness. Everything you need is found in Jesus Christ. It's your daily bread. It's your needs. Go to him and ask him. There might be some family situation you've had so going on so long. And you've tried this, that or the other. Try going every day and say, God, give me the answers. Give me, give me the word I need. Give me the word I need. He wants to resource you to be hallowers of the Father in everything you do. So we'll bow our heads. Just let, just a moment to let God just speak into your heart, maybe about a situation that you need an answer. Your needs are valid. I believe even your wants are valid if they're surrendered to God. you are able to ask him. Somebody here might be desperate for a holiday or a break and you're thinking, how on earth do I get to rest? This is your prayer. Father, give me today my daily bread. He knows what you need before you ask him. Then ask him. Situation with a child in your family. Ask him. He wants to help you. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And then watch him provide every need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I pray over every person in Living Grace Church, over those that aren't here this morning as well, we want to be disciples of you. You didn't call us just to um, become Christians and then sail on with life. You called us to discipleship. And I ask you, God, that we would embed this prayer, this model of living into our prayer life, where tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow evening, we get up and we just begin to praise you and worship you. We begin to say, your kingdom come. We say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we come to our needs. We come confident to the Father who already knows what we need. And we say, give us this day our daily bread. I need you today, Jesus. I need you today. And we come confidently knowing that you will give us all of our needs. We love you, Father. We thank you for what you've done for us. Not only have you saved us, you've given us everything we need for life and godliness. You are a good, good Father. And we love you today. And we bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen.